Welcome to another episode of the She Is Me and I Am Her podcast. I'm Rashana, your host slash big sis. And on this platform, I cover the crazy, the humorous, and the unexpected stories that comes with navigating womanhood. We may not have walked in the same shoes, but I guarantee you'll discover we share a few similar stories. Sitting down with me today to help me dive into this week's topic, body dysmorphia, is student journalist Kayla Delco. Okay, so thank you for being on this show. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, so how's your day going so far? It's going pretty good. Can't complain about too much. Got a haircut this morning, so oh, I'm I feeling see. good. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Thank you, thank you. So, um, some of us can only imagine because we haven't experienced ourselves the difficulty of living with BD. Can you describe what it's like, the experience? For sure. So um, actually, it's kind of funny because when I saw you post about it and, you know, I always had body image issues. But um, when I saw you post about the body dysmorphia, I said, let me look this up because, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it seemed like something that um, coincided with me. So mm -hmm. I looked it up and I was like, wow, like maybe I should go and talk because um you know, it'll help me get over uh, this issue or help me mm -hmm. cope with it. Um, but pretty much living with it, um, you know, it's it's like a mental battle. It's an internal battle with yourself. Um, be, seeing one thing and then the reality being another is mm -hmm. uh, kind of ridiculous. And I think a lot of that stems from, you know, people perceiving me a certain way. Like, for example, like I get a lot of comments like, oh, or hi, sir. Or like, oh, uh, you look like a boy and stuff like that. So it's just mm -hmm. like, OK, um, it's, it's kind of confusing when you look in the mirror and you see obvious body parts that identify as being a woman. Um, and uh, sometimes it's a little hard for me to um, conceptualize the fact that, okay, people are, are seeing me this way. However, I'm seeing something completely different when my clothes are off or I'm seeing com something completely different. So sometimes I just have to look at myself in the mirror and just be like, you know, like, this is you, like, this is your reality. This is what you look like. Like, no matter what clothes you have on, like, this is your body, this is your reality. So um, living with it, uh, to sum all that up is, you know, it's an internal battle. It's something that you I deal with every day, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you say, like some uh, ways that you get through that struggle? Uh, for sure. So like I said, just looking at myself in the mirror and making mm -hmm. my reality, my reality, if that makes sense, or making other, not even other people's realities, because at the end of the day, you know, some people could say I look like a boy, but I have mm -hmm. to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're a woman, like you, yeah. you present as a woman, you identify as a woman, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just look at myself in the mirror and I know that seems so simple and so minute, but it's something just as simple as looking at yourself in the mirror and really making, you know, your body a reality um, really helps me out a lot. So that's pretty much how I cope with that. So like, when do you feel like it started? Like, um, I definitely feel like this stemmed, um, and it's actually kind of funny uh, because I feel like my di my body dysmorphia um, stemmed way before I even started uh, dressing as a mass presenting uh, woman. You know, mm -hmm. um, I feel like, you know, growing up, um, sometimes in black families they like to not sexual. I don't know uh, the politically correct term, but sometimes they like to oh, like, oh, you're getting thick, or like, oh, you, like, you know, and it's just like it's little stuff like that. And it's like, I'm sure, like, you know, family members never mean any harm. But, you know, like, as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old uh, girl, you know, going through puberty, um, you know, noticing the changes in my body, um, I noticed them a lot later than everybody else did. You know, I'm, I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm not thinking, like, oh, I'm uh, developing breasts or I'm getting a little um, wider in the hips, you know, I'm, mm -hmm thinking, hey, like, 
y'all want to play outside, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's just like um, when people make you realize like or bring to your attention like your body so um your body before you do is kind of confusing you know mm -hmm. so as a child um i spent a lot of time obsessing over my body shape and my um my general appearance you know and i'm just like okay like people are seeing this and mm -hmm. i kind of saw it as like a threat because i didn't like attention towards my body mm -hmm. that's something that made me feel very uncomfortable so mm -hmm. when people keep pointing it out and it, it was just very hard for me. So I definitely say it stemmed from probably when I was like 11, 12 years old. Wow. Did you feel like you had to cover up your body? For sure. Wow. Um, I definitely feel like, and this is very transparent, um, but I definitely feel like a lot of the way that I dress now mm -hmm. um, definitely helps me cope with my body dysmorphia, you know, wearing baggy clothes or mm -hmm. like wearing clothes that don't aren't so skin tight on me, you know, because I don't want to draw attention to my body. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless of what I try to do, people are gonna make it known anyway, you know? People make comments about my breasts, like, oh, you're, oh, you're a stud, like, and you have, like, big breasts, and you know, it's like, I'm still a woman, though, so it's just, like, it's just very confusing, but I definitely feel like, um, you know, I had to, this has a lot, that has a lot to do with the way that I present myself now, just not wanting to draw that attention to myself, but little did I know it was just gonna draw more attention. So mm -hmm. it's just like, you really can't run away from it is what I've learned. Like you can't run away from your body dysmorphia or your or any problem you're going through really. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, now I spend a lot of time looking in the mirror, like making it my reality, making myself realize this is you like, and nothing anybody else says or anybody else does will impact that or change that, you know? So I just, just a lot of self-reflection, you know. Yeah. Did you feel like you could come to your family with your problems? Um, I feel like sometimes, yes. Well, before, okay, when I was a child, mm -hmm. no. Um, you know, I'm the oldest sibling, and my sister is about a year and a half younger than me. And um, you know, I went through puberty a lot earlier than oh. her, so um, it was kind of like, you know, she, my sister, would even kind of make comments about my body not ever said that mm -hmm. she was had any malintent or anything like mm -hmm. that but you know she's a kid like she sees her older sister developing so it's just like that's what kids do they make comments yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just like um so when I was younger I definitely feel like I couldn't go to my family about that even my parents sometimes you know it, it was hard for me to go to my parents and be like, I'm not comfortable in my body you know because in the black community in general or I'll speak for my family in general you know it wasn't a place where it was like, all right, uh, this is a safe space to talk about um, topics like this, you know? And I, I and I don't blame my parents at all, you mm -hmm. know? It, it's just kind of like a generational thing. Black people um, sometimes aren't comfortable talking about uncomfortable things. Yeah. And um, I feel like my household was definitely impacted by that stigma, you know? I wasn't, it, it wasn't a safe space for me to be able to go to my mom and be like, mom, like, you know, I don't like the way my breasts look, you know, mm -hmm. she'll, she'll probably tell me like, what you mean? You don't like, what you mean? Like, you know, but it's just like, um, so no, back then I didn't feel comfortable. Now, uh, mm -hmm. that's a different story as I developed and as I began to become more well-versed and more, um, aware of what I actually felt about myself and, uh, was able to find the words to describe, you know, what I felt about myself. Because mm -hmm. of course, when I was Little, I didn't know I had body dysmorphia. You mm -hmm. know, I just thought like, you know, I, I didn't look good. Like, I that's the perception I had in my head. Like, oh, you, you look 
bad body and I know that's not politically correct but that's literally how I felt about myself you know but uh definitely as I got older I um you know became more educated and I started to find the words to describe what I was going through and I feel like because of that I'm now able to more effectively communicate with my family like this is what I'm going through this is how I feel about my body and whether they um understand it or not uh, I've come to the realization that sometimes I just need to have those conversations you know it's not really about them accepting me or it's not about them conceptualizing me it's about me being comfortable enough to admit it because you can't change something if you don't know that it has to be changed so that's pretty much my spiel about that <laughs> um so you talked a little bit about your family have you been able to open up with and share it with friends as well uh definitely um well I'll say some friends okay. you know because what I realized is that not everybody will understand not everybody will even listen to you and take mm -hmm. you seriously so I'm very selective on who I let into yeah. that part of my life but I feel like even being on this podcast and thank you for giving me this opportunity um just being here right now and being able to speak about it um you know whether my friends want to hear it or not they're probably going to you know and um that just lets them in on another part of my life um but definitely I'm very selective in a like in a personal setting who I choose to share that information with for sure so what are some ways that friends and families show support in the, in the way that can help someone with body issues definitely um you know something as little as just like affirmations you know mm -hmm. like just telling me like you know, I'm not saying my parents never told me I was beautiful growing up, but you know, I, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I think I could have heard it a little bit more, you no, know? No, no, that's and, true. and that's okay. Like, um, yeah. I just feel like things like affirmations, like making it a safe space mm -hmm. to be able to talk about things like this because, you know, a lot of people suffer uh, from body dysmorphia and don't even know that they mm -hmm. suffer from it. You know, I went years of my life looking at myself in the mirror, disappointed, yeah. you know, to the point where, I'm like, my high school, uh, one time in high school, I stopped eating meat because I just wanted to lose weight or I wanted my breasts to be smaller. So I needed to lose weight for my breasts to be smaller. Um, or like when I went on fast or like I would run, I would literally get up every day at six in the morning in high school and just run and just run and run and run and mm -hmm. then go in the house, take a shower, come home, run again. And not because, you know, I was a, I was a fitness geek, yeah. but because I was not proud of my body, I was mm -hmm. not accepting of my body you know so I just feel like um making it a safe space and parents and um just overall people that you're close with like making it known that it's okay to feel like that but affirming me at the same time like it's okay to not be comfortable in your body but you're beautiful yeah. at the end of the day so I feel like that's definitely something that you know people close to me could have done mm -hmm. when I was growing up what are like some of the responses that you wish um or wish not that people would uh, what are some of the responses that you wish people would say to you or not say to you turns to like maybe um i think you're beautiful i don't know why you have body disorder right. or something like that yeah so um you know it's kind of like a double-edged sword um just because you know it's like okay boom like i could look at myself in the mirror and be like okay look like you're not like you're not overweight or you're not you know obese or anything mm -hmm. like that but at the like I walk around I'm like dang like I feel bloated yeah. like but nobody else sees that like say for instance I go 
like one of my friends. I'm like, oh, I feel I feel a little bloated today. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kayla, you fine. You don't like what you mean? Like, and it's just like, all right, cool. Like, and some people might think that is like fishing for compliments or something mm-hmm. like that, but it's it's not even like that. That's just how I feel, yeah. you know. So I wish people would stop trying to invalidate the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I say like, oh, I'm feeling like this, or oh, like for instance, um, you know, I went through a phase or still consider um kind of that I wanted to cut my breasts off completely. I wanted a double mastectomy. And um, mm-hmm. it's crazy I'm saying this on camera. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, oh, but- um, for being vulnerable. No, for real. Um, but uh, that's something that I still am to this day considering, you know, when I tell people that and tell people the reasons, like I'm just not happy with my breasts. I, they don't, they, they feel like they're not attached to me. Like I feel like they're not a part of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, like you're a girl though. Like you're a girl, you need breasts. But it's just like, I feel like that's a lot of the problem today with society. Like mm-hmm. we put, value in these um physical flesh things like we put value in everything that we can see but I really feel like you could be a woman and and not have breasts like because the essence of my gender or my identity Mm -hmm. is not my physical is not what you see on the outside it's and this sounds cliche but it's really what you see on like what you can know from me by learning me as a person and see on the inside you know so I feel like people, I just wish people would stop invalidating, like really listen to people when they say stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, some people say certain things like, oh, I'm not happy with my body. And you might not think that it's that serious or that detrimental to their lives, but you know, they go home and they're crying in their bed. Like, and I'm not saying I do this, but you know, they're going home and they're crying in their bed because they are unhappy, but you're brushing their feelings off. You're making them feel like, which is even further confusing you know because you're you know so um I know I'm rambling but um yeah I just wish people would really you know listen to what people are saying and Mm -hmm. really try to under like listen for understanding and not to respond do you think it's just a lack of education and all because we don't really talk about mental wholeness health in in general in the black community it's not really spoken about right and I think we don't know a lot about people it's just a lack of education. Uh, definitely, I feel like it's a lack of. Like I said, like I had to look up because I'm a, I'm a very literal person, so I needed to look up the word to yeah. know, like, okay, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, and I feel like, um, you know, ne- nobody ever taught me that growing up. Yeah. Like, nobody ever talked about it. That wasn't something that was, you know, accepted to talk about in my household or in my friend groups. You know, so I just generally feel like it's a lack of education and. With that being said, that's why I don't really blame the people who say um, ignorant comments to me or don't consider the way I actually feel because, you know, I can't I can't blame you if you didn't have that exposure to education, which is why I'm working on me internally because I can't control what other people think about me. I can't control how other people feel about me, but I can control how I feel about me, Mm -hmm. you know, so. yeah, like you said, I think it's just a general lack of education and sometimes it's even a general lack of wanting to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much what I got to say to that. <laughs> so what advice would you give someone who's gone through body issues? What advice have you or what lessons have you learned through this whole process? Um, definitely to accept your reality. Um, really look at yourself in the mirror. And I know I keep saying this and it seems like it's you know, everybody looks at themselves in the mirror. But when I say look, like, look at yourself, like, look at yourself, like, 
internalize yourself, if that makes sense. Like, make it your reality. Like, look at yourself in the mirror. And then after you recognize your reality, tell yourself that it's okay. You know, like, it's okay to look like it's okay to present yourself. Like, it's it's okay. Like, that's pretty, like, so cliche, but literally it's okay. Like, because, yes, you can work out. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get your body done. You can do all of that. But if you don't fix up here yeah. first, none of that is going to help you. You know, I, um, in high school, I was considered um, obese. I was about 150 pounds my junior year. Um... And when I told you I was doing all that working out and stuff, yeah. you know, I dropped down to 115. Mm-hmm. And that was during COVID when I had time to go exercise all yeah. day, you know. And I still felt the same way, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that won't work for everybody, but you really got to fix your mental. Like, you got to be okay with whatever version of yourself because at the end of the day, you could keep trying to mend mm-hmm. the outside or you could keep trying to fix quote unquote, what you think you're supposed to look like, but you're never going to be truly satisfied if you don't learn satisfaction with whatever version of yourself you're presenting. So that would be my advice to really just tell yourself it's okay, no matter how I look. Like sometimes I don't even want to leave the house if I don't got a haircut, just as simple as that, you know, like, um, so it's just like, you have to be comfortable with every version of yourself, or you'll never truly love yourself. Like you'll never truly love every part of yourself like I can't just love myself when I have a haircut and I got a six pack and you know Mm -hmm. I was six foot tall like nah like yeah yeah, I gotta love me at all walks of life so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the um I feel like that's the best advice I could give to somebody just learn how to love yourself however you're presenting yourself at the moment or how whatever walk of life you're going through so yeah I mean uh self-love is not something that's gonna in total um and something that you have to just continuously exactly like right um and just to your point um you know somebody told me something one day um I used to play basketball in high school and uh they were like oh you practice every day for basketball right Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah because I want to get better it's the same thing with anything in life Mm -hmm. whether you're trying to become a better time uh manager you're Mm -hmm. trying to just be an overall better person that takes practice. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. You need it's you need to form a habit. You know, mm-hmm. it takes 21 days to form a habit. You need to continuously work at it and then it'll become natural to you. You know, you can't just wake up one morning, you know, and say, "Oh, I love myself." Yeah. And then the next day you don't do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. that's that's counterproductive. Wow. You're not going to get anywhere with that type of mindset. You need to like you Everything takes practice. Everything, everything. Loving yourself takes practice. Loving other people takes practice. Like, Mm. no, love uh, is, love is crazy. And people think that it's such a natural thing. But I mean, I feel like you can naturally feel love. But to know how to correctly love Mm. yourself or other people, I really feel like that takes practice. Like, you need to put work into it. And I feel like, that's why, I mean, I'm going to leave it there. But yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, that's all my questions. Um, thank you for tuning in to the She Is Me and I Am Her podcast. Catch us next time, next Sunday. And we're releasing this episode this Sunday. So make sure y'all check us out. For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you.